I hope the internet lords are with us and on our side today. Amen. <laughs> Guys, we have been having some technical difficulties today. Let me tell you. Whew. I mean, but hopefully this goes smoothly. We told people we'd update them on how to kind of build a podcast and they're following us in the journey, right? From like grassroots, man, you know? So they're going to see that things are not always perfect and doing this is not flawless and you think you're prepared. You can have every technological device required in every system and then the internet mm -hmm. fails you or, or it's there's brutal. ghosts in your house. <laughs> Oh my gosh, guys, the amount of times I said, Daniela, make sure that your mic is set to the certain setting. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Okay. It it's was not. It's it was not. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode two. Today, we are recapping 2021. We're looking at stats. We're looking at trends and forecasts. We're looking at government policies. And we're also diving into what we feel 2022 is going to bring and some of our personal predictions into the coming year. And I have a big prediction that I'm going to save as well. So stay tuned, listen in, and welcome to the recap of 2021. Roll the intro music. Welcome back, guys. Episode two, we are here. How are you feeling, Daniela? How are you feeling after episode one? Um, honestly, I'm feeling really good. Uh, I am feeling, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling, it was super motivating. And I know that we both had like a burst of energy after doing this because, mm -hmm. you know, you just feel like you're challenging yourself and it's going in the direction that you want. Uh, and you just feel good that you're accomplishing stuff. So yeah, I felt good. Yeah, exactly. And I think the response from, um, other people was just so overwhelming and a lot of really great feedback as well as constructive criticism, which was great. So we have lots to work on like ums and ahs. We say a lot of ums, <laughs> a lot of ahs. We do. So we do, that we is going to be, yeah. Do you remember a huge challenge? Do you remember you pinky swore me? You pinky swore me. I have it on camera. So I placed a bet with Ryan. The bet is in this episode, whoever says the most ums and ahs in the edited version uh, is going to get shocked by his dog's shock collar. So that's the bet. We did a pinky swear. And uh, it's just a way that we're going to try to improve. And if it means, you know, if it means a dangerous game, it's a dangerous game. All right, so let's kick things off uh, with a little bit of a reflection on our own personal years in 2021. So, Daniela, tell me a little bit about what your greatest accomplishment was in 2021. My greatest accomplishment? Well, I goal set every year, and I was actually just doing it the last month, and I have a whiteboard where I put all my goals on. So I'm wiping away my goals from last year, and I'm reflecting at the same time. And I guess my greatest accomplishment is actually achieving some of the most rewarding goals I had set for myself. Uh, one being an icon agent in my office. So being acknowledged for doing some serious production. And my other goal that I had on as well was creating this group of like-minded realtors. I wanted to grow a group of over 26 and we surpassed that. So um, that has been 
instrumental in my business and getting ownership in my office as well. Uh, so my greatest accomplishment is achieving my goals. And the most priceless thing of it all is how much fun we have and the culture we've created here as a group. 100%. I think that is instrumental in our group. We, we have so much fun together and goal setting is a huge part of it. I think we had like two or three separate calls in our group where we just goal set and mm. laid down the things that we wanted to achieve in 2022, which is huge for me as just coming out of my first year in real estate. It's something different because at the start of, of my licensing in April, I was kind of coming into this with no idea what to expect. And now being a part of this group has been amazing and able to to really figure out what it is that I want to achieve in 2022. So yeah, my greatest achievement though, not as crazy as yours because you've been in the, in the industry a couple of years. Um, I was just happy to, to hit my first sale, uh, which was in May and it was a waterfront cottage property. Actually, it was a listing I did. It was really nice. I love doing that listing. Um, and we achieved an amazing goal going over a million dollars and we got, such a great result and, and just being there on offer night with my clients was incredible seeing their tears of joy they could have never imagined getting as much money as they did for their property and yeah that's going to be my my biggest achievement of 2021 and i can't wait to dive into these stats because that was a cottage property and you'll be digging into simcoe county and cottage pricing and that yeah. at the time you know I think your clients were like half a million or so, right? And then based on mm -hmm. the volume of demand that we were seeing, you sold it over a million. So it was incredible sale. And I'm so happy to, uh, to have like been a part of your journey on that. Congratulations to you and your clients. I remember how excited everybody was about that. So cheers. Next question. I'm going to hit you up with what is the craziest story of 2021? There was so many things that I know I encountered between showings, between different agents, between properties being sold. Um, I want to know what your craziest story of last year was. Ooh, my craziest story of 2021 that, you know, I think this is going to be something that maybe people weren't expecting, but it, this was actually an interaction I had with some interesting clients. So I, they weren't clients of mine. They were clients of another agent. I had an agent reach out to me and request that I take his clients on a couple of showings. And if they ended up purchasing one, then I could have them. So I took them uh, to a couple of different properties and actually in between two of the showings, they ended up putting in an offer on another property in a different area with a different agent. Oof. And this was like an hour drive between these two showings. They ended up getting the property while I was showing them the last property I'd been driving all day for them. Holy. And yeah, so I wasted an entire day, a full tank of gas, driving all over Muskoka for them just to find out that they had bought another property somewhere else with a different agent. Oh man, that is crazy. I'm sorry that happened to you. I mean, we always want people to appreciate our time, no matter what industry you're in. So what a bummer, but you always bounce back. So you still had a successful exactly. year and you know, they just got to live with that. It's the, it's the cost of doing business. I think fair point, fair point. How my, about you? What's your craziest, my craziest story. Um, well, there was a garage that sold in Toronto for 700,000. Okay. Land mm. <laughs> like it's just crazy. Um, and my other crazy story, uh, 
I was shopping a lot at one point in uh, Oshawa. Prices were really low. A lot of investors, a lot of first-time homebuyers were headed out that way. I don't know if it was just Oshawa, okay? And this is no, not throwing shade or any hate against Oshawa. I actually really like it down there. But there was a lot of questionable renovations that I ran into. And maybe this was just mm. me. But there was like a laundry room when you're going downstairs to the basement. This laundry room was like posted up on the side. So like if you wanted to open your dryer, you were standing in the middle of the staircase reaching to the, the uh, laundry room. So really super sketchy. Um, another one was as soon as you walk into a house. And it was funny because the listing had said, uh, you know how it says like one bathroom, four pieces, meaning shower, tub, sink toilet this one said one bathroom one piece and i was like maybe it's an error on the listing you know but this ended up being a toilet that was located in a closet so you walk in there was a sink in the foyer and then you go around to the back of the house in a closet um just in a general room was a bathroom there was no window pretty sure there wasn't a fan it was the funniest thing and people were going wild when i shared that on my ig it was hilarious. <laughs> Craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, there's definitely some interesting uh, homeowner specials out there. I think that's a good <laughs> word for it. We have a lot of those in our home from uh, the previous owners. So we're finding out going through some renovations ourselves currently. Oh, it was. I mean, that to me was like a hoot. I was just like, what else can I find here up in Oshawa, you know? So let's dive into the Toronto stats. I mean, what a wild year. We're living in unprecedented times. The Toronto real estate market is moving so fast. The number of homes that were being bought, selling at record prices on a monthly basis. And I, I actually dove into the change per month all last year and you could just see it increasing. And then also some changes throughout the year based on some of the government policies that came in, interest rate changes and so on. So we started the year, January 2021, with an average price of 970000 We actually ended the year in December 2021 at $1.2 million of an average price. Wow. Crazy, right? And that in between insanity. all... I know. In between all that, highest month-over-month -month increases were seen basically in January to March. So we saw increases from about 3.5% to 5.6%. So just going up from January, then February, then March, and then April. And then something in April, you know, I think it was the talk about the stress test, something changed or just, you know, buyer exhaustion because there was a little bit of a slowdown. And that slowdown continued right after June when the stress test took effect. Uh, and then it started picking up again um, after June. There was month over mm -hmm. month growth, month over month growth at about 2% on average. You know what? That's such a good point, Danielle, about the stress test, because I almost forgot that, that happened back in June. But there was a lot of confusion at the time in the market about what is this effect going to have on the housing market? Is it going to crash it? Is it going to cool things off? Is it going to have no effect? And essentially, we went from a 4.79% stress test rate, and they increased it to 5.25. So it brought down uh, a little bit about, you know, how, how much can people afford uh, to pay if interest rates were to rise. And it did bring people's spending power down a little bit, but we, we saw a dip for about a month, maybe two, and then straight back up into the, uh, into the huge increases that we've been seeing. 
Yeah, just takes a little bit of a readjustment. We saw this back in 2018 too. You know, people just need to go back, reassess their situation, and then they dive back into purchasing again. Um, so just a small change I noticed, and that was mainly in um, the month-over-month increase in July as well. So overall, though, there were so many random instances where the market just couldn't make up its mind, like overall, and it mm -hmm. seemed to not be following these established like norms and rules. I know at some point, you know, you'd speak to other agents about pricing and things just didn't make sense. And, you know, people were like, anything that I do in my business, you know, do running the comps, it just doesn't make sense. Somebody else will come in, offer a price, and it's it's not something you can calculate. It was just not making any sense. We saw a very similar thing. We we had a huge increase in home prices in 2021 after an already record-breaking 2020. So January, we were sitting at 738000 for a home in January 2021. And that increased 17.7% by December to 869000 which this is Simcoe County. This is an hour to an hour and a half outside of Toronto. We're seeing a lot of people moving out of the city, coming up to Simcoe County. They're either now working virtually or they're having to commute to Toronto. And I think that there's a huge shift happening, or we saw a huge shift happening at least early into COVID. People are working remotely. They no longer need to be in their shoebox apartment in the city. They can now come up and get a piece of land for even cheaper than what their condo was. Yeah, we saw a lot of Toronto realtors heading out into the boondocks and running around for their clients. We really saw since 2020, a lot of our clients just moving out of the city. So absolutely. Uh, inventory is just low. I mean, the Canadian Real Estate Association cites four times in history. I thought this was really interesting. They cite four times in history when the national total months of inventory on the market had dropped below two months. And all four of those were in 2021. How wow. wild is that? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really important to talk about too, is the months of inventory. And that is what dictates basically how much prices are increasing by. Because we're looking at supply and demand, right? There are homes selling with 50 plus offers on them. That is 50 people that are all trying to buy the same thing. One person is going to walk away successful. 49 people are going to enter back into the market and continue their search. There are no homes available to buy for how many buyers are looking. Yeah, it was seen all around and it's still there. Demand is incredibly high. And when we look at the year to date for 2021, the sales reported through Treb were over 120,000, uh, which was up about 28% from 2020. So although there was more things selling, we just couldn't keep up with the demand. And that's why the absorption rate per month was just really quick. So with these extremely tight market conditions at an all-time high with home prices, you know, we ended the year with an average price of 1095000 which was an increase of 17.8% from 2020. Incredible. So anyone who purchased in 2020 gained a lot of equity in their homes. So I like to also look at it between the 416 of Toronto and the 905, which is just outside of Toronto GTA. I like to break this up because there's a lot of people who couldn't, who wanted to move out of the city and couldn't afford city prices. So this is where the demand pushed out, making these other markets very competitive. And I looked at the difference between the two. So for example, in Toronto, the average price is a million sixty-five thousand, which was a 
trend increase of 7% from 2020. But when I look at the 905, the average price was a million one hundred and seventeen thousand, which was a jump of twenty three percent from twenty twenty. Wow! So the nine hundred five contributed in greater numbers to the growth year year over year in the average price. You know, anyone in these markets, they gained equity over two hundred thousand on average. Incredible! In December twenty twenty one alone, the average price was up twenty four point two percent from December, 2020. Wow. You know, it's interesting to see these stats coming out of Toronto because obviously I'm not working down there, but very, very similar things happening up here. And I think that is definitely a trickling down effect happening from the demand we're seeing in Toronto is that people have no choice but to start moving more and more north, east and west of the city, right? So in Simcoe County, we saw a huge increase of number of units sold. Same thing as Toronto. More homes are being sold, yet prices are still going up. That is a huge supply issue. We saw 9,300 homes sold in 2020, and that jumped up to 9,800 homes sold in 2021. That's a 5.4 mm. increase, 538 more homes selling, with a price increase of 17.7%. So wow. there's a huge issue here. Yeah, there's a huge issue here with we're not building enough. We're not mm. building enough. We're not creating enough housing for the amount of people that are A, coming to Canada, and B, leaving the city. Yeah, it's interesting. We both had 17%. <laughs> if it's relative or not, I don't know. But when I look at even like really what's the economics of this? What is the lifestyle change of people as well? And we're going to dig into those factors that kind of made these stats where they are and drove prices up, but also in specific categories. So I wanted to touch on the condos, the townhouses, the semis, the detached, what were the price changes and the demand flow within these categories. Now, condos, to no surprise, we noticed this comeback in the condo market. So over 50% more sales were happening in 2021 than 2020. Now, although the average prices for condos had the smallest increase year over year, there was a change of about 6% in 416. There was a 14% change in 905 so it increased by more than double than toronto the condo prices in the 905 area and this tells us that although the condo market may be making a recovery in sales wise in 2021 there's more demand and competition likely felt outside of toronto and i don't know how you guys felt about that in uh in your area as well but average condo prices in toronto 713,000, and in the 905 was 610,000. So townhouses I predicted to kind of become this big rage of demand because it's it's that middle uh, like pricing between a condo to a detached. And there was a lot of demand out here. So the average price for a townhouse in Toronto is about 942,000 and in the 905, 866,000. Now also as well, double digit growth here. So in Toronto, 12% growth, and in the 905, 22% price increase in this category. Semis as well, the average price in Toronto, 1.3, and in the 905, 950,000. And the detached in Toronto, average prices, 1.7 million, and a whopping 1.36 million in 905, which was up by 28% in 2021. The overall average price in all these categories between 416 and 905, like I said, nearly doubled year over year for the properties that were 
based outside of Toronto in the 905 area. And like I said, we all felt it. We all felt our clients were moving out of the city. And I think this is just for affordability. They do say drive till you qualify. And I think that is evident at what was happening here with pricing. Yeah, definitely. And the same thing we're seeing here in Barrie. A lot of people who are now priced out of Barrie moving to Aurelia. A lot of people getting priced out of Aurelia moving even further north. Sudbury, North Bay. These markets are also seeing increases. So it's it's definitely interesting to see how everything affects from maybe immigration coming into mm. Toronto. People with a lot of money buying up a lot of properties and pushing people out into Vaughan, people in Vaughan pushing people out to Barrie and so on and so on. So definitely interesting to see you know, the trickle-down effect that happens from these hot markets and these big cities and how that is affecting even the smaller communities around us. Let's dive into that. We just chatted a lot about the facts, but let's talk about the factors and the trends like you're talking about, like immigration, everything that affected mm -hmm. where we ended up in 2021 being such a wild market. So, I mean, the Canadian housing market saw significant shifts, as we know. This is a year marked by surging prices, skyrocketing sales figures, and of course, you mentioned it, dwindling supply. Why, why, why? Supply and buyer demand. Simply put, there were just more buyers in the market than properties to buy. So let's look at the factors that shape the market to become what it is today. You mentioned immigration. So the number of people that came into Canada was about 400,000 new immigrants that we welcomed. Yeah, that is an insane number, Daniela. And all of those people going straight to these hot cities like Vancouver and Toronto. Another contributing factor to this hot, hot market is the fact that interest rates are so low. We've got people from five years ago who are getting ready to renew their mortgages and they can take advantage of these incredibly low interest rates and either upsize, downsize, put away a lot of equity, or even just refinance and purchase an investment property. Man, easy access to capital and money is basically free. This is the yeah. time to buy. I, I've heard it before and I'll say it again. They don't say buy when the prices are low. You buy when interest rates are low. So did we yeah. ever see a lot of that? Yeah, definitely. And I think we definitely saw a lot of uncertainty in the market around COVID. What's happening with work? A lot of people who are commuting are now stuck at home. So nobody wants to sit at their dining table with their kids running around screaming while they're working. We needed home offices. People were upsizing as well as a large amount of people renovating. We had a lot of people with built up equity in their homes that could take advantage of these hmm. historically low interest rates, refinance, either renovate their whole house or buy another house, for example. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of uh, renovations, which put a huge strain on the supply chain and the scarcity of materials, uh, not just in Ontario, Canada wide and across the world, right? Absolutely. Another area where supply and demand took effect, right? So those prices went up by twofold supply chain challenges all across the board, rising construction costs impacted the creation of new homes and the lack of supply with even new builds, um, as well as throughout the uh, links of supply chain where materials slowed, it really pushed back pricing and uh, average costs, you know, were said to be between 15 and 20% of an increase. So higher costs translates to higher pricing. Absolutely. And I think as well, if we're looking at pre-construction, not just in Toronto, but a lot of communities being built outside of Toronto in Simcoe County, there's been a couple of projects in Aurelia that they sell out on day one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the projected, I don't know about you, but I saw even the projected closing is even longer than normal. 
and they're just trying to make sure that that supply comes in, maybe get better pricing down the road. But I have some friends and and you know what it was? Some friends that work in uh, roofing companies and whatnots, and they had halted production. So they're really just Mm -hmm. keeping up because they didn't know. Nobody knew what was going to happen with the pandemic, right? Um, Which is pretty wild. What also trickled in was rental prices and vacancies. So in 2020, mm-hmm. we saw a lot of tenants leaving the city. Some going back home, renters turned buyers, students learning online. So there's a lot more vacancies. But in 2021, the improvement for landlords as the lockdown opened up again, especially in Q3, Q4, companies were implementing back to office attendance and renters were taking advantage of this lower rent that was happening um, with the decrease, like the COVID uh, discounts with landlords. So they came back. So in the third quarter, there was a double digit increase in the number of condominium apartment rental transactions that were reported through Treb. So over the same period, you have this tightening of market conditions, and this all resulted in an increase in average rents across all unit types. Now, although rent prices, in my opinion, are not where they are pre-COVID, I would say in Toronto and GTA, the rental market is more competitive with this influx of renters and the lack of available properties, which is causing the price to rise again. Now, that's funny that you comment on Toronto's rental market being not where it was pre-COVID because we're seeing the complete opposite up here. There is nowhere near enough rental supply in Simcoe County right now. I remember working with a client when I first got licensed and she was looking for a rental property, there was one available within her price range at the time. Wow. And we were competing hard. She didn't end up getting it, unfortunately, and then nothing else came on. So it is really brutal of a time up here. And I think that pays tribute to everybody that is leaving the city and working from home. They can get more space for less. Oh, for sure. All right, we're going to now dive into 2022. What's the outlook and what are our predictions? Ryan, the biggest question, is there a real estate bubble? I don't believe so. There's nothing indicating that we're in a bubble. I think we're in an extreme inventory shortage. We've said this a couple times already. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there is one market, however, I wanted to touch on, which there could be a bubble. And this is the recreational property market, also known as cottage country. We have been seeing an astronomical increase in prices in recreational properties. And I believe that this is due to limitations with travel. People are sitting here wishing that they could be in Florida or in the Caribbean. So they're thinking, okay, well, I'll just buy a cottage instead. So Mm -hmm. what have we been seeing? Muskoka, Halliburton, and the Kawartha Lakes areas have been seeing huge increases in prices since the pandemic started most over 50 66 and even 77 percent prices increase just over the last two years just to give you an idea from Halliburton we went from a five hundred and sixty thousand dollar average price of waterfront properties in 2019 to now at the end of 2021 937,000 that's a 66 percent increase in the last two years wow why do I think that this could be a bubble that could pop because we saw Everybody was purchasing uh, over the last two years. What happens when they realize that there is a lot of work to upkeep these cottages? And maybe as well, they they bought them for a short-term rental that isn't working out either. What happens if all of these properties get sold when borders are open back up mm-hmm. or, <clears throat> you know? 
That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, because there are travel restrictions and people are, even if they could travel, they're scared to, and they still want to get out of their house. So we've seen it. I've seen a lot of Torontonians moving up to get cottages and prices are astronomical. I didn't know they were that crazy. So thanks for sharing that on the Toronto GTA side of things. You know, is there a bubble? No, people are still making money. They're still buying property. They're just doing it in different ways. And with the level of immigration and things like that, there is a lot still coming into the market where I, it's just a supply issue. So with so much demand, low interest rates, and this lack of supply, it's basic economics. And it's just going to lead to a greater year, in my opinion, of pricing increases and low supply than in 2021. Yeah, and the same thing coming into Simcoe County as well. I think 2021, we saw a huge inventory shortage, and it is not going away. If anything, it's getting worse. Um, we are not keeping up with the demand that is buyers looking for homes. We're seeing homes with 40 to 50 plus offers, even right around Christmas and the new year. So I think moving into 2022, there's going to be a minimum of a 10% increase in home prices this year. So forecasting into 2022, uh, employment rate numbers have dropped. There's more jobs being created. And what this means is that interest rates could likely come up higher sooner than later. So if that happens, I do believe that people will begin to get affected as well. There will be some type of reassessment in the buyers and investors um, and a frenzy right before that happens. Yeah. And you mentioned interest rates in there. And I think this is a really important factor when we talk about a real estate bubble, if people do believe we're in a bubble, let's talk about it. What would cause that bubble to pop? interest rates rising would be one of those things. It is no secret that interest rates are likely going to be rising in 2022 with up to five quarter point rate hikes by the end of the year. This is what the big six banks are saying. Um, so that would take us from a prime rate of 0.25% today up to 1.5%. Now, what would that increase look like? Is it going to affect the market enough to bring home prices down and to ease the demand? I don't think so. I think that that is we're basically reverting to where interest rates were pre-COVID, which were already historically low. Yeah. People have this sense like, oh my God, it's going to go up. If it goes up by 1%, sure. It will be less than what you could get today, but it's not that much in the reality of things. And let's just remember as well, like the stress test was put up to 5.25%. With that in mind, in theory, buyers should be protected. They have enough income to supply it you know, their mortgage payments in case rates were to rise to 5.25%. I cannot see interest rates going beyond that. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing for me is the control from the government. Um, this is not, you know, it's not a home pricing issue. This is a supply issue. And, you know, they're said to bring in another over 400,000 new immigrants into Canada again. Like these are record setting numbers and it's just going to overheat the city centers. I do feel that it's just contributing to the problem rather than the solution. Okay, Daniela, we've been waiting for your biggest prediction all episode. <laughs> Have you? Do you want to hear my biggest prediction so far? I do. It is. My biggest prediction for 2022 is that this podcast is going to blow up. So, oh my God. We are going to have a glow up year despite the lockdowns and limitations. We're going to hand over key valuable information to you guys and keep positive as we move forward into 2022. Absolutely. That was the cliffhanger that went nowhere. <laughs>
<laughs> you, you didn't know about that, so I hope I got you with that as well. But I was on my on the edge of my seat waiting for that. Stop but you know, it. <laughs> all of the market factors are pointing to us blowing up as podcast influencers in 2022. So I'm excited <laughs> for that. Um, but let's talk about a little bit about you know what can clients expect? How are we going to set the expectations for them and help them navigate this market, which is likely going to be even crazier than the previous year. Yeah. Going forward as realtors, you know, I'm just going to continue providing advice when talking to clients, encourage them to buy now and help them do so. Um, you know, for example, was just helping out a buyer that seller raised their price by 50,000 in two weeks. So does it sound crazy? Yes. And the longer you wait, the longer you try to speculate what's happening, the more you're just going to lose at the end of the day. It's tough to tell a buyer that you may not get what you want the first time you buy, but the reality is look at real estate as an investment, get into the market and plan and build your equity so you can then afford the things that you want. I agree. And I think there's a, a huge mindset shift coming into play here. We are no longer able to kind of say to our clients, hey, you know, wait it out, whatever. You'll, any good realtor in this market is going to say, buy when you can. The best time to buy is yesterday. And I think the mindset change that needs to happen is people need to not think, hey, what is my dream home on the first home? Or, you know, how do I just get into this market so that I can reap the rewards of the appreciation that's going to happen on whatever it is, whether that is buying a, a condo before you buy a townhouse, buying a townhouse before you buy a detached, and buying maybe a fixer-upper instead of something that is turnkey. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, for anyone who's listening in, if you want more details about our specific markets in Ontario and the GTA, if you want to have a buyer consultation, you can reach out to us through Instagram um, or our direct lines, and we'll be happy to sit down and coach you through buying in 2022 and what you can expect in greater detail. Yeah, exactly. It's more important than ever to make sure that you have the right professionals on your side. Um, a good example, I helped some first-time buyers get into the market earlier in the year. Uh, they purchased a townhome below market value because we were quick to market. We were the first people through the home and we had put in an offer in before anybody else was able to even see the property. And even though it's the start of the year and the holidays have kind of passed, I mean, I've had some buyers purchase within the first week of 2022 and that's how you do it. So buy now, contact your realtor today, reach out to one of us. We'll be happy to help you with your next investment. Thanks so much guys for tuning in. Ryan, you want to close us off? Absolutely. So guys, make sure that you are subscribed. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that bell button. Make sure that you get notified every time there's a new episode out. You can also find us on all major podcast platforms like Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. So thanks for tuning in, guys. We are going to see you next week. New episodes every week. See ya. Bye. Oh my God. <laughs>